Welcome to another episode of Interviewing Aliens. I am Jeff. I am Tiffany. And today we'll be talking to Pete, better known as the Blue Collar Spiritualist. Pete's journey is a testament to the fusion of the everyday and the ethereal. As a spiritual medium and shaman, he brings a grounded, blue-collar approach to the world of spiritualism, making it accessible and relatable to all. Many of you from our Discord community have had the privilege of experiencing Pete's profound energy work and mediumship firsthand. His shamanic journey sessions have been transformative for many, guiding them on a path of self-discovery and spiritual awakening. With courses like Introduction to Mediumship, Pete is dedicated to sharing his knowledge and helping others tap into their own spiritual potential. In today's episode, we'll dive into Pete's unique approach to spiritualism, exploring his journey and digging into the work he does with both the living and the dead. Whether you're a seasoned spiritualist or just beginning your journey, Pete's insights are sure to resonate and inspire. Join us for another fascinating conversation, this time with the blue-collar spiritualist himself. joining us how's it going good that was uh some intro i really feel <laughs> i really feel better about myself just listening to that intro yeah right on mm. <laughs> i love doing those little intros i like writing fun <laughs> stuff about my friends yeah it's good so how's it going where should we start it's going great so we've been starting just by having people tell like their story till now, like your, your awakening story, you know, um, what, what got you on the path to spiritual mediumship? Um, okay. So I guess I always kind of had experiences when I was growing up as a kid. Um, I had like just psychic experiences or I know things or, um, and then I actually had experiences in my early teens, like I would see things and other people wouldn't see them or I'd just get a sense of things. And I kind of got scared of it for a while and blocked it off. And then in my early 20s, my grandmother, who I was very close to and who was kind of like the matriarch of my mom's side of the family, died. And um, I just started having a lot of experiences with her. Um, there's a ton of them. <laughs> But, uh, and then I just happened to, I, I was always interested in like, you know, I'm Aquarius, we're naturally weird. So, uh, I was always interested in like fringe thoughts or like, you know, aliens, ghosts, all that type of stuff. Um, and I, a friend of the family happened to have a psychic or, you know, a medium, um, coming to her house one night for like, it was like a thing she would do. And I just felt really pulled to it. So I, I went and as soon as I walked in the door, 
or sat down with the lady to have a session, um, she knew my name. She's like, are you Pete? And I was just like, yeah. And I was like, how the hell would you know my name? And she's like, your grandmother has been bothering me for the last month to make sure that I talk to you. And as soon as she said that, I had like this like reality shift where I had this like full awareness like I, of spirit. Yeah, I felt I had this full awareness of my grandmother and she, it was like nothing I've ever felt like I, like I always had hints, but this was like a knowing that she was there. And like, I was like, you know, I looked at, I remember looking at the lady who wound up becoming like a very close friend of mine and like a mentor. Um, I was like, do you feel this? You know, like, I was like, I'm feeling this. I, I could feel her here. And it was like this, like, kind of like freak out moment. And as well as like, you know, it became, I almost became addicted to like connecting to spirit. Cause it was such like, at the time of my life, I was kind of lost and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And I always felt like I wanted, you know, like a deeper meaning or just, I don't know. I didn't want to just, you know, mosey through life. And it was like this, like, just high that I've never felt before that was so much more fulfilling than anything I've ever experienced. And how old were you? I was probably, like, uh, 22. Okay. Wow. Um, I'm 40 now, so, yeah, like, yeah, I was probably, like, 22 at the time. And... Uh, yeah. And then like, I just became, I actually, she like was like, Oh, I'll help you. She actually lost her husband and was like a widow. And that's how she got into like mediumship and connecting to spirit. And it was like, she was definitely somebody I knew or had some sort of prior connection to because she also was like somebody that I've never felt so connected to somebody at that point in my life. And she also was like a guide for me. And I would just, I would bother her. I would just show up at her house and be like, can we like work on this? You know? Mm -hmm. And she was always like, she was always such a sweet person when it came to that. I mean, there's a lot to that, but, um, you know, and then I would just practice, you know, she kind of taught me the basics. She was very much into like, Abraham Hicks, Esther Hicks, Mm -hmm. and, um, she just, you know, she was, she was always about like your emotions or your guidance system. And she kind of broke down, you know, like the ability to connect to spirit is the same as the ability to like manifest in the sense that like you want to focus on the good and, you know, try to connect to God or source and the higher your connection, the more easier it will work you know whether it's connecting to spirit or manifesting it's like your the higher rate of vibration the easier it is for you to pull in the energy so i kind of worked on you know and then from there i just spirit would connect me to different people who would mentor me or i'd learn something from and i kind of got into the religion of spiritualism 
um, through a mentor of mine, and I would serve spiritualist churches where I would do demonstrations and, um, you know, do healing work. And then I met shaman and I got into shamanism. I mean, it's all kind of coincidence and synchronicities. I would run into different people and just learn something and kind of make it my own, you know, I don't know where to go from there, (laughs) but, um, it, it really was only my own practice through, you know, her name was Vincenza and, um, I would just practice on my own a lot. You know, I would write with the intention of like connecting to spirit and then I would just start to get information, you know, and my grandma was kind of like my ancestral guide who kind of like would show up at significant moments and be like, oh, talk to this person or go to it. You know, like if there was something I wanted to, like something pulled my attention, you know, because I kind of was, I kind of have been into a lot of things, whether it's angels, I got into Tibetan stuff for a long time and like my mm-hmm. I would feel pulled to something and my grandma I would get my grandma's coming through and she's like yeah go to that you know and it would be like a significant thing that kind of helped me along my path or whatever wow are there any like specific spiritual paths that you've gone down that have kind of shaped your current view on you know magic and spirituality um Yeah, I mean, I think, so spiritualism, uh, the religion of spiritualism is, um, you know, everything serves its purpose. It kind of allowed me to, like, practice, you know, and spiritualism, most people don't even really know about the religion of spiritualism, but basically there's all these churches across America that do like kind of like an open religion so you don't have to like really necessarily believe or support in their religion but you go there and they'll do they do like basic a meditation they do like healing energy healing work then they usually do like a sermon and then they do like mediumship to finish their service you know and there's a lot of really good mediums out there that you know, probably don't get the publicity because they're just kind of practicing and doing their thing. But, you know, there's a lot of talented mediums out there. And, you know, uh, it just allows you to connect to a group that kind of, there's always like a place to practice. You know, I think practice is the biggest thing. Like people don't think of in the sense of like mediumship, like you can practice and get better, you know, but it's like, it's a muscle. It's like, it's something you can like hone because even just from, it's like life, like you experience something, then you know how to, you know, kind of work through it. So it's like the more you practice your skill, you're going to get better, you know? So I, I think like, um, spiritualism helped me like learn how to really be a medium. And I was blessed with like really good teachers who, you know, were, world traveling mediums and would give me like really good ways to connect and really like taught me like a process, you know, instead of kind of like if you see readers sometimes and I'm not judging them because that's just who, how they learn to be, but 
they kind of like are, they tend to be a little more um, detached and ungrounded. And they kind of just like float without direction where like when you learn how to like really have a process as a medium, it helps I th- give better evidence, you know, where like people can't question it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're given these like general things where like grandma's here and she loves you, it's like, yeah, I mean, I hope my grandma loves me. You know, but like where I worked with mediums who are like, you know, your grandma, like the the medium that I worked with, his name was Richard Scholler. He's a great, great medium. One of the best mediums I've ever met. And I was blessed to have him as a mentor. And like, he's so concise when he reads. It's like, I have a male in spirit. He's five foot nine. He's 57 years old. He feels like he is a grandfather to you. You know, it it doesn't give room for people to be like, oh, that could have been anything, you know, because mm-hmm. something as a medium, you always face people who you're you're kind of reflecting your own doubt when you read with people. So, like, if you're struggling with your own abilities or you're growing as a medium, you're going to always have these interactions where people uh, are going to judge what you're saying, you know. No matter what mm-hmm. you say, you could be as precise as you want. It's really a reflection of your own insecurities. It wasn't until I really practiced myself and like knew that I had the connection that regardless of what anyone says, I know I have a connection. Like I don't care. I got to a point from practicing where I don't care what you have to say, to be honest. I mean, I know it sounds bad in a way, but it's like, like, I trust my connection enough. You know, it might not make sense, but I know that someone's there. Yeah. I mean, if you're feeling it, then you're feeling it. You know, if you know you're tapped in, then you know. No. Well, I was going to say is, like, I specifically remember when I was first really practicing as a medium and, like, serving platforms. You know how many times I would go up at the platform and re- be pulled to somebody start giving them messages and the person would be like nope no nope, doesn't make sense yeah. don't know what you're talking about yeah. and then like the next week like they'd come back and be like oh it made perfect sense i know who it was mm. but but that it wasn't personal that was a reflection of my own insecurities because i didn't have the full faith in myself sure you know and that's, I think that's just part of like maturing as a medium is like knowing when you have a connection or not, Yeah. you know, because, well, like the first, like if you guys have taken my class, but like in like whenever I do a class, right, the first people who are just getting into it, the first issue they have always is how do, the question is, how do I know if it's me making it up? Or the spiritual realm. And the real answer is you don't, you know, until you do. Because it's like you have to you have to hone your abilities where you there is a slight di- difference that you feel. And that slight difference over practice 
becomes a big difference where you're like, okay, I have, to me, when I have a connection, it feels like I have a hold of something within me. That's the best way to describe it. It feels like there's almost like this energetic cord that is like connected to something and that that something is feeding me information, you know? Where, like, when people first started opening up, they're like, oh, I'm getting this stuff in my head. But is that me making it up, like, thinking about things or, you know, am I, you know, and they're just judging themselves because they're, they're not sure, you know? Yeah, Karen Rontowski does this, like, tarot, tarot class on her Patreon. And uh, Jeff and I. Uh, did one of the like zoom meetings which we just assumed we were going to be like learning about tarot or something but it was basically like immediately we get in there and they pair us off and we do like shotgun readings back and forth and one of her techniques is is interesting in that like she's like you know each of them she gives you like a different thing or whatever and this one she was like uh when you get your reading from whoever you're partnered with, no matter if it resonates or not, just tell them, no, that's not, that's not right. You know, get used to that feeling of, of even if somebody's telling you one thing, you still are able to stay in your, your intuition and your, uh, your truth or whatever. So that it's interesting. Yeah. I was just gonna say that like being a contrarian is such an easy defense mechanism when you're hearing things that you don't want to face, you know, so oh, I, yeah, without I, I think doubt. that is a, yeah, that's that's a great muscle to to work on when you're when you're doing like practice with anyone, you know, is that you know, just tell me I'm wrong, try to get me flustered, you know, teach me, you know, help me learn how to stay in the the moment and and stay tapped in through that distraction. Yeah. Well, like the mentor that I spoke of before, Richard, he would always we did this exercise that I always loved in his class. And basically, he would partner you up with somebody, and then he would say, you know, ask them a question, and then have them answer with no, and feel the energy of the no. Like, connect to the person and really try to feel the energy of the no. And then connect to somebody and have them say yes, and feel the energy of the yes. And then he would also do, which is a big part, is he would say, okay, now connect to somebody say yes, but mean no energetically and feel like what that's like, you know, because that's a big thing too. There's a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, I want a message, but I want it on my terms, you know, or like, and that's the biggest thing. Like even reading for people in the public, most people are like, oh, I want to hear from this person or I want to hear from that person. It doesn't work like that. It's you're hearing from spirit, whatever's supposed to come through comes through. It has nothing to do with me, you know, and I always say, like, I'm not in control, you know, like I'm in control in the sense that, like, I'm aware, but like what's coming through is coming through. Like it's it's not from me. It's from the spiritual realm. And I think that's a key part that a lot of people miss in this field is like, it's not about what you can bring through. Like that's from ego. Like if you're operating from that space, you know, you're not coming from the right space. I don't care what anyone says. 
it's not about you. It's about who you're reading for and whatever has to come through for them. Now, don't get me wrong. Everybody has an ego and they want to be good at what they do. You know, like you want to do a mediumship reading and the person's crying after. Yeah, you want that like result. But I'm saying like whatever that person's supposed to get, you know, that's what you're supposed to aim for. You're supposed to aim for the highest good of whoever you're working with, you know. And I think like a lot of that comes from like people who work psychically instead of mediumistically. And there's a big difference. And I think a lot of people don't really know the difference or they don't feel the difference. You know, like a medium is somebody who's connecting to a spirit. Psychic information is connecting to the person you're connecting to, like the client. It's a much, it's a much flatter energy, you know? And the thing is, is like when you read psychically, if you think of timelines, there's an infinite number of timelines. So like somebody could be presenting an energy and you're aware of that energy. And if they're keeping that energy, they keep on this pace. But it's always free will. There's always movement in that, you know? That's why like making a psychic prediction or saying like, my predictions are perfect all the time. It's like, it's such a, uh, there's so much play in that where when you're connecting to a spirit, you're just bringing through the information that they're telling you. That's really interesting. I've never really until this moment considered my tarot practice to be mediumship, but I definitely vibe with that idea of connecting to a spirit over a psychic connection with, with the people I work with. That's, that's an interesting way to look at that. Well, I mean, like there's no, I'm not saying in the sense of like judging it, it's just a different energy, you know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Like to me, when, when I feel mediumship, like if I'm working a platform, I feel like my hips start to move because I feel like the increase of the vibration where like, to me, if you're reading somebody's energy, it's, it's a little more flatter. You're tapping into their energy. They're in the physical where like when you're in mediumship, you're much higher to me. Yeah, for sure. I also kind of wanted to go back to the, the spiritualism church thing. Um, I, I was, a uh, towards the beginning of my awakening, you know, I, I, grew up in the church and I'd left it and I was kind of aching for that fellowship again, you know, that, that just spiritual communion that you get when you're together with other people. And I ended up attending a, um, I think a United Universalist church. Yeah. And I don't know. I just wanted to mention that to anyone else who's out there and listening and, and, you know, maybe grew up in a similar, you know, circumstance and is looking for, you know, some kind of, you know, again, communion or fellowship with other, you know, spiritual beings. Um, it's not a terrible route to go, you know? I mean, there are some really great, you know, universalist or spiritualist churches out there that, you know, they don't have any, you know, they don't believe in anything in particular. They're there to explore everything. And it's a, a great place to meet with like-minded people and, and, just kind of grow in your spiritual practice if you don't have anybody near you that you're connecting with. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, it was a good introduction to like 
everything kind of and yeah, it helped me yeah. it helped me connect to a lot of like-minded people i kind of moved away from it cuz it started to get like political and like i just didn't really you know i feel like i got what i needed from it and i kind of right. stepped away but i was in involved with the church for probably 5 years and then it just like kind of I kind of I feel like I kind of needed it to find like my identity and who I was as well as connect to a lot of good people but in the end I kind of like I don't want my I want to figure out my own beliefs you know in a sense like I I don't want to be shaped like I I want knowledge but I don't want to be like kind of pushed in a direction Speaking of community <laughs> You want to talk about how you came to find little old us at a alien school field trip? How did I find you guys? <laughs> I think my wife. Did you just apparate there? Did you just show up there out of <laughs> out of from another dimension? Oh, Actually, you you are the alien. That makes sense. That makes maybe sense. Maybe I am the alien. <laughs> maybe my memory was wiped. So I. Uh... <laughs> Bringing a community of aliens together under your your rule, I love it. <laughs> Actually, I think my wife was into Jessa first. I, I thought that maybe Colleen had been into to Jessa at some point. Yeah, I think Colleen was into Jessa, and then she was like trying to share it with me. And then I think I saw something. Oh, Jessa spoke about like the alien school originally, like when it, the first time and actually Kristen Hansen saw me like do uh, messages somewhere and she she was talking about the alien school thing too and I was like wow that's so random I just saw something about alien school like the other day and she was <laughs> like oh I'm gonna go and I'm like you know what why don't we go and then my wife was like oh let's go and we just showed up you know it's kind of funny. Yeah. And you did uh, teach your mediumship class at, at the first meetup, too. Yeah, they were looking. I think I saw something about you guys looking for, like, practitioners or whatever. And, like, it was just so happened that I just really started teaching and feeling comfortable <laughs> teaching. And I was like, oh, are you guys looking for somebody to teach a class or anything? And you were like, yeah. And then I taught the class there. And then I got on, I guess, Jessa reached out to me about doing her podcast. And then I did mm -hmm. Jessa's podcast. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, that's kind of like how it happened with my grandmother, too, along my whole spiritual path. It would be like these, like, synchronicities would happen. And I would get this, like, little push from her, like, oh, go do this. Mm -hmm. You should go there, you know? And, so you got to thank your grandma for bringing, bringing you to Yeah, her. thanks, grandma. Well it's, grandma. well, it's so weird. Like, Love she, you. Like, <laughs> she was with me, like, all the time. And now I really don't feel her that much anymore. Mm. I don't know. Like, I think she fulfilled whatever she was supposed to do, to be yeah. honest. Well, that just I made my know. whole body light up like a Christmas tree. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, she always had like um like a lot of readers would tell me like she she was a spiritual being that she's like more than just your grandma, 
they were, I, I always got that message that she was something more significant in a sense. I don't, wow. I don't even know what that means necessarily. Cause I don't even really believe that in a sense, but like, I would always get that <laughs> message of like, I don't know. I think we're all significant. So like, what is, what does that mean? You know? If we're all God, like, why is she significant, you know? Uh, we've been working on some some ideas and some projects since we met the first time in uh, at Alien School Field Trip. Uh, how do you feel that life has changed since that point for you? Since the last Alien School? Um, since the fir- first one, yeah. Oh, the first one? Well, mm-hmm. you know, I think, like, it definitely... Like, I did a lot of, like, smaller groups in terms of teaching, like, in that aspect. And, like, I taught, there was, like, 50 people in my first class there. And I was like, wow, this is going to be a lot, you know, like, it was going to be a lot. And it just allowed me to have, like, more confidence. And then I would, you know, after that, I really, like, started teaching classes, like, at least once a month, sometimes more than that. You know, so it definitely helped me grow mm-hmm. in terms of my ability. Um, and I think, like, you know, I'm a firm believer that anybody could be a te- uh, a medium. But, like, to be a teacher, I feel like it even heightens your ability even more because it's, like, a lot of times, like, I'm tapping into the student, both students and the spirit. So I feel like just from doing teaching... Um, it's heightened my ability so much that, you know, it's like, I'm so much more aware. It's kind of, and it's not, it's not like the overwhelming awareness that I used to feel like when I first opened up, you know, like, I feel like when you first go through your awakening, there's a lot of different stages that kind of happen. Like, I feel like majority of people, uh, go through like the whole phase of like, is it good or evil, which is a big one. Um, because especially a lot of people have religious programming. So that's a hard one to shake because it's like, it's such a trap because it's like, there's no way to really prove anything in a sense. So it's like, you know, um, it's a hard one to get through, but I feel like I got through that. Um, another one is like, uh, being empathic, you know, because I think there's a real shadow aspect of people of like the, the victim mentality of being empathic, you know, like poor me, I feel everything, you know, mm-hmm. and people latch onto that identity because it makes them feel like more worthy. I said, you know, I think there's a, like a, a real obsession with suffering in our religions as well as like our cultures especially even capitalism it's like you have to grind you have to be productive you know so i think like people get validated by their suffering sometimes and like the spiritual or the the people going through the awakening kind of um typically you know are more outcast so it's like you're outside of like say your family who's all normal and you're the weirdo and like you take on this like identity of like 
nobody feels as much as me and like I'm suffering because I'm picking up everybody and all that stuff. So it's, it's, I always say like people get stuck on the word empathy and I think the right word that you want to work towards is compassion. Like empathy is you're taking on the emotion where compassion is you're aware of the emotion, but you're not taking it on, you know? So it's like, it's, it's a little different. I think those things really go hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, I just think like a lot of, you know, I went through a whole phase where I wouldn't even like go anywhere. And anytime I went anywhere, I would just be like, I want to go home, you know? And I understand the pain. Like I, listen, I worked in New York city most of my life, you know, I'd be on a subway. I would feel everything, you know, but it, it's always your decision. You know, I'm sure people are going to get pissed off by me saying this, but in my experience, it's always your decision, what you feel and what you don't feel. And whatever you're feeling is a reflection of something that's going on within you. So if you're allowing that, there's something that that's going on within you that's being reflected back in that experience. I I was de- I definitely played the empathetic victim for a while after I started my awakening process, and then I kind of got sick of feeling that way, and I ended up finding a book called uh, Empathetic Empathy, or sorry, Esoteric Empathy, um, and like the whole idea is how to kind of alchemize those you know empathetic energies that you're taking in and turn them into you know, compassion was definitely a big part of it, um, as well as, you know, learning how to put up the, you know, kind of, you know, mental or psychic barriers you need to make sure that, you know, you're, you're keeping out unwanted energies. And, like, I know before I go to, like, Walmart or something, I'll sit in the car and put my guards up because, like, if I don't and I'm inside Walmart, I'm feeling the intense you know, anxiety and frustration and rage that yeah. people in Walmart are feeling. And I just can't get my shopping done, you know? So it's I'll funny. sit there, I'll put my guards up and, and I'm fine. But I don't go to Walmart. That's like one of my stores <laughs> I will not go to. It's I'm not rough even in jo- there, man. I'm not even joking. I do not go yeah. there because of like how many times I've gone in there when I was younger and I remember how I felt and I was just like, there's no need to go there. Like, I'll go to a different store, you know? Yeah. I also get, like, a similar but different feeling when I'm in, like, the big, um, like, Sam's Club or Costco type stores. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, it's it's a, like, a sadness and emptiness, but, like, more voluminous, you know? Yeah. And, like, in my opinion, easier to get swallowed up in. You know, wandering through those huge aisles and everybody just kind of heads down, walking around miserable. I don't know. I, I I really avoid shopping at all costs at this point if I can, just because being around people who are are forcing themselves to spend their money on things they think they need and they know they really don't is just ugh, it's a depressing it's a depressing yeah. state to be in. Well, I I mean you know, back to the whole like awakening thing is like, I think a lot of people like get in, like, 
you know, now like spirituality is kind of more, um, you know, like commercialized or like mainstream in a sense. But like, I think the problem is, is like you, people are starting to wake up and then like, they're going right into like, you know, the first thing you go into is like manifestation most of the time. Cause that's like, you're getting what you want, you know, like that type of mentality. And it's like, I think a lot of times the biggest part of the spiritual awakening, I think is healing yourself, you know, like working Mm -hmm. through your shit, you know, cause you think about it. Like I've talked about this with like mediumship. It's like, um, people always talk about like the dark night of the soul, you know, like, why does that happen? And to me, like, my understanding is, like, the more, like, as you're reaching for God or the divine, your vibration raises because you're connecting to them. And they're at a higher rate of vibration. So what happens is you, as you raise your vibration, your average vibration raises, the stuff that's heavier has to come up, right? But what happens is like, as you're moving in your journey, the, the shittier, heavier emotions are coming up, but your vibration is raising. So your rate of manifestation is picking up. So it's like all that trauma is coming up and it's manifesting into your reality because your rate of vibration is coming up. So it's like, it kind of hits this like apex point where it feels like everything's going wrong but it's actually like right before everything's going to be a lot better because like once you get over that apex point, you're at like a plateau and you're like your average rate of vibration is higher. Right. So back to what I was talking about is like, if you're getting into the awakening stuff and you're getting into like manifestation first, but you haven't healed your shit yet, you're going to attract. So even if the manifestation's working, you're going to attract some shit because you still haven't healed yourself and your reality is reflecting all the trauma because it's within you, whether it's conscious or not, it's within you. So like, I think the biggest part is just like really becoming more self-aware of all your stuff, you know? And I feel like the more I healed myself, And, like, looked at every dark aspect of myself. You know, I feel like the awareness is the secret to it. The awareness is the secret. Like, once you can become aware of your shit, then you're aware of what needs to be healed. Like, that's a good idea. Yeah, well, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I have a podcast. And me and Ruby, my podcast partner, were talking about this the other day, kind of. Is that, like... um, something that I became aware of, I mean, this is a lot to talk about, but like I was talking to her about how I was saying, like, in a way I came up with this, that like manifestation in a way is kind of like fear-based if you really break it down because it's like, you're not trusting the universe in a sense because you're like trying to reach this desire I'm not saying manifestation doesn't serve a purpose or you can't like do stuff with manifestation. I'm just breaking down the energy of it. 
if you are who you are authentically, right, the pace at what your manifestation comes doesn't matter because you're surrendered to being who you are authentically Mm -hmm. and you're Mm -hmm. trusting that the universe is going to bring it when it's supposed to come. That's right. Say it louder for the people in the back, Pete. Say it louder. <laughs> no, because I like I just got this recently, so it's not that you know I've been doing this twenty years. I'm not. I wasn't a quick. <laughs> I wasn't a quick learn, you know. But I thought about this because, actually, because the alien school really helped me do this. So, like one of my, um, like throughout my career like my regular job I would always uh attract somebody with addiction I did on I do underground tunnels that's what my day job is and I would always attract people who work for me who had addiction issues and like I would always try to break it down like why why am I attracting this you know and like for the longest time I thought it was like a more of like I'm addicted to like intense experiences. And the reason we match is because they're addicted to something. I'm addicted to something just because I'm addicted to fucking talking to God doesn't mean it's, you know, or like having intense spiritual, spiritual experiences. They have the same addiction, you know? So that was what I first thought for the longest time. Right. And then I got into, like, I thought maybe, like, I got into this whole codependency kick where I thought, like, you know, the reason I attracted them was because it was, like, a form of control. You know, like, I knew that they needed me and I had control because they, you know, I took care of these guys, but they knew that, like, I'll take care of them. So they always, like, looked out for me in a sense. It's kind of a side story. So, um, meanwhile, being on my spiritual journey, at that same time, I was kind of getting into, I got into like shamanism. I had these whole uh, deep possession experiences where I had attachments. I had this like two year period where I really like got into like deep possession work, you know, would clear different entities, being spirits. And, like, while I was in that, towards the end, I started to question, like, am I just doing this work? Am I just doing this work because I'm addicted to the intense experience, you know? And I kind of, like, pushed that away. And, it, and like, to be honest, like, I love that type of work because it's, like, it's, like, real. It's, like, to me, it's, like, you're in the trenches of like the spiritual warfare in a sense, you know, it's like helping people pass. It's, it's helping clear entities that are negatively affecting people. Um, it's, you know, helping with addiction because a lot of addiction is entity possession. And, um, but I kind of pushed it away cause I was judging myself. I was like, I'm doing this because I fucking love the intense experiences. And, from time I always did clearing work, but I never really I kind of pushed away the clear the house clearings and depossession. And then this year we went to alien school and we had Jonathan there and he did 
the workshop, the death workshop. And I like really, when I was in that space, I really remembered like how much I loved that intense work. And it just like after the, after alien school, it kind of just clicked to me that like, no, this is why I'm supposed to be doing this. Like, this is like me, Mm. you know? And then like, that's where that whole, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to bring it all around to the, like the aspect of like, I realized like that is who I am authentically. I am the Scorpio moon. I am in the underworld. I'm always been in the underworld. I manifest working in tunnels my whole life. You know, like it, it's who I am. You know, and it didn't take anything. I didn't try to manifest that back. Right. It found you. Right? Yeah. So it's like. Wow. I'm over here smiling you... like a goofball. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, do you, that's why I say like, do you really need manifestation? What I think you need is like awareness and the truth like, this is me, without judgment, like, who are you? Without any judgment, even if it's dark, who are you? Okay, I was just going to say, some time ago I had to flip how I was looking at manifestation in my life and move it from that, like, lack-based, fear-based kind of, okay, this is what I need, let me focus on that. And instead, now when I think about the manifestation work, I look at it as like pre-celebrating the good things that I know are, are meant for me in this life, you know? So I'm I'm no longer, um, you know, trying to, you know, manifest the perfect job or something. Instead, I'm, I'm realizing that I'm going to have that satisfaction in my life, getting myself into my body and feeling that satisfaction of knowing that's going to happen. And then just waiting for it to happen, you know, like I, I know I don't have control over the timing, you know, but yeah. I do recognize that, you know, I'm a, a worthy person of good experiences in my life and they're going to happen. So I might as well just celebrate them ahead of time. You know, and that that's manifestation for me. Fuck yeah. yeah. Whoops. No, you can say fuck. Yeah. We're allowed to curse okay. you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think like. It was funny, like, I came back, and I had that awareness, and then, like, I booked, like, three house clearings. I haven't done a house clearing in, like, two years, and then, like, that week, I had three house clearings, and then, like, I would have a session, like, I had a session last night, and um, there was a lingering, so this woman, a client of mine, had, like, I could, I started tapping in. And I felt this woman and she knew who she was. She was like a family friend. And then I got, she like really felt heavy when I was talking about her. And I was like, I feel like this woman is like lingering around you and is looking to pass. And like, I talked her through it and we cleared the energy and you could feel the shift. You could feel the spirit move into the light. Like, you know, and it's just like, as soon as I like, realize that like authentic version of myself it's like i didn't do anything they're just here i mean this is why but in another terms it's like this is why i kind of got away from it is like i feel like as soon as i start doing this type of work it's like i feel spirits now like 
I feel like they're coming to my house to get help, you know? So ah. it always, like, moves so fast once I have that awareness, you know? So I guess this kind of leads into the next question we had, which what is your current focus, you know, as far as your, your spiritual practice and your, your mediumship is concerned? I mean, like, I feel like my focus has always been, like, trying to understand reality. Mm. You know, like, I don't, I still don't really know what's going on. And I feel like we'll never really know what's going on. But I feel like I want to know what's going on, you know? <laughs> Same. Well, what's your current Absolutely. take on it? What, what do you think the nature of this reality we're in right now is, if you had to make your best guess right now? Well, to be honest, you know, and this is probably going to be a shitty answer for most people, but um, I think it's much, much simpler than we think. Like, I think... Everything is just a creation of, like, having a deeper experience. And I really think we're just here to have an experience. And it doesn't matter. Like, nothing really matters. It's just about deepening the experiences. And, like, all these, like, thoughts and ideas are just ways to, like, move you into different feelings and, like, different awarenesses and like find every nook and cranny of like experience you know mm. I, I used to think like Gnosticism I really believed in Gnosticism for a while and I went in a whole kick into that but after really tapping into it and feeling the energy of it I think it's really just a metaphor for us because we're, we're just we are spirit like we are the ocean you know and then we come into this physical body. So how does that manifest? It feels like we're trapped in a way, you know? So I think like a lot of these systems are just manifestations of our energy, you know? It's like any idea, you know? It's like like government really in a sense is like a manifestation of like god in a way or like you know our you know we look at like the old testament god and like basically that's what government is you know it's like these they're just repetitive patterns of experience you know so i don't know i think it's just ways of like trap like trapping you in the thought you know it's like you get wrapped up into these ideas and then they become your identity but like in in the end, you're spirit. So, like, your identity doesn't really matter. But the identity makes you have a more intense experience. You know? It's like, if if you're this, I'm this, I believe in this. You know? It makes it feel much more intense. So, what does feeling do? It makes you have a more intense experience. And I think that's what all these things are, whether it's Oh, I believe in aliens. I don't believe in aliens. Either way, in the end, it doesn't really matter, I don't think. I think it's just about, like, latching on to something, you know? And I think it's, like, the duality of everything, you know? I think there's always going to be another layer of duality, you know, or Maya or the illusion, 
you know, but in the end, we're all one. It's all the same thing. But, you know, nobody wants to be bored. <laughs> so I think they latch on to different beliefs just to have something to fight for. You know, that's why, like, even, like, playing into talking about, like, conspiracy theories and stuff like that, it's like, you know, your beliefs represent your reality. So, like, if you're focused on thinking, like, there's this, it doesn't matter if there is or there isn't. It's like, if you're focused on the belief that, you know, there's, like, elites running the world or aliens running the world, it's like... It's separation. I think the goal really is to realize that we're not separate. You know? Mm, like, we're always yeah. connected. And I think the, the trick of the physical reality is to make you feel separate. And it's whatever you want to feel separate by. You know, it doesn't really matter. You could be separate by anything. You could be separate by... Your gender, you could be separated by your race, by your beliefs, by your religion, whatever. So I think I think my goal is always to feel like, see the God in everybody. You know, even the person who you think's an asshole. <laughs> especially know? the person you think's an asshole, probably. Yeah, they're the, they're, no, yeah, especially <laughs> they're the person you have to see God in more than anybody. <laughs> you know, and I 100%. think like... Mm -hmm. You know, and, like, I find it's, like, how many people really, like, tr you know, like, you could think of any hot topic, politically, socially, whatever. It's, like, how many people, like, look at both sides and try to, like, at least understand where somebody's coming from, you know? Because it's, like, you could look at any subject, right? Like, I always like guns, right? A lot of people are pro-guns. A lot of people are anti-gun. But what's the energy of it? The energy is, like, feeling safe. Like, you might feel safe because you're, you're, you have a gun. I might feel safe because nobody has a gun, right? But the essence of who we are is we both want to feel safe. You know? Amen. So it's like, I think if you learn to like see people for their energy instead of like their identity, you'll get like a deeper version of them and you'll have a deeper connection with people. You know? Yeah. Well, speaking of deeper connections with people, um, <laughs> what what do you see as the future of you know this community that we're talking to right now you know i know we've we've talked a little bit in the past about the you know the death work stuff um i know we've also talked about you know you know future plans for the next you know summer camp you know figuring out how best to organize that and and get the practitioners in we need for that um but, you know, what do you see as the, the future of this community? Where would you like to see it go? Um, I think, like, <laughs> I really, I don't know. Like, I was, after that whole kick, I kind of, like, felt like, you know, I was with my aunt when she died. I was with 
some people when they died and I experienced like kind of people going through the grieving process a lot. Obviously I'm a medium, so I deal with a lot of people who are grieving people or wanting to have that connection, you know? So I always feel like I know the place I was in before I had mediumship. I know the place I was in before I worked through my fear of death. Um, So I think like, you know, helping people kind of work through that and helping people understand that they can have a connection to spirit. They can have a connection to the, the person they're missing in their life. Um, you know, I would love to, I love teaching. So I I definitely would want to provide a place where people can learn to connect. Um, but I feel like it also needs to move to more like a mainstream way of being, you know, like this is an option, you know? Um, so I think like having some sort of retreat center that, you know, people can go to like, kind of work through opening up, working through like basics of like learning how to connect to the spiritual realm. You know, like I think everybody's connection is their own, you know, but I feel like, you know, establishing a place where people can come and have like the groundwork laid out for them as well as like people who know the process and know what you're going through and know, you know, like people, uh, I I remember I was teaching a class like two weeks ago and this lady was telling me, you know, she was just kind of waking up and having experiences and she was telling me, she's like, uh, my family thinks I'm crazy when I tell them I feel other people's emotions. And it's like, you know, like if you're around people who don't, aren't open to that, you know, it's like, but like, if you talk to us, it's like, yeah, duh, you know, like everybody, you know, so it's like, you want to be the support system for people to have them have a place to open up to and like discuss what they're going through. And I think like the death work is a big part of it. It's like, you know, I think that's what ancient cultures had, like they had, or even like, indigenous tribes like they have that connection to their their past loved ones they have that awareness even if it's coincidences and synchronicities you know so i think like bringing that back as being like a mainstream way of being is big you know because it's like you it connects to so many things you know i feel like it connects you to such like gratitude and appreciation for those who came before us, you know? Um, and as well as the future, because once you start to wake up and you become aware and you know, like the, of course, like we go through these processes and there's times where it feels heavier than it is, but there's so much to gain from working spiritually, you know? And like, once you, have that you know you know yeah you 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 know like it's it's such a better way of being and you know like the benefits of it you know and i'm talking from somebody who thought they were like schizophrenic for four years 
you know, <laughs> you know, and like judged every aspect of everything when I was like feeling the trees and feel. I remember I used to take my dog for walks and I would just like feel everybody's house. I would feel like the energy mm. of the house and I would feel the trees and I remember feeling like animals and I'm just like, fuck, I'm going crazy. I lost it. I finally really mm. lost it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I know it's a dark place you can get to, too, you yeah. know, like, cause especially you if you don't have, have to get to, too. Well, I think you, you don't have this, if you don't have, I, like, there was parts, you know, for me, I'm a very internal person, so, like, I don't, you know, there's, like I said, I work through a lot of things in my life, you know, like, I always felt like I didn't really have somebody to talk to or go to, so I would keep it inside, so there would be a war inside, but you wouldn't know it, you know? You know That's what that sounds my, like to me? What? That sounds like a Scorpio moon to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely is. I, I mean, I didn't even know that at the time until, like, I looked into my astrology and they're like, yeah, that's that's a Scorpio moon, you yeah, know? But, but, um, you know, like, you want to have, you want to be there for people, you know? And there's a lot of people who need, like, just being on social media, you know how many people, like, reach out to me and just like talk about their life and like, you know, that people need people who are, can support them emotionally, spiritually, mm -hmm. you know, in all those ways. So I think like, I would love to see like some sort of retreat center with like, you know, a more holistic approach. Um, and that's all aspects, you know, it's like, cause Mm -hmm. As you go through the awakening, you look at, you start to look at everything, you know, your, the food you're eating, you know, your, your, what you're doing with your body, you know, your mind, it's everything, mm -hmm. you know, it's becoming more aware of everything. Of everything. Yeah. Of everything, you know. I get so excited hearing you talk about this because I think about how, you know, how many different kinds of people with different kinds of skills that are getting you know excited about this you know potential thing we're looking at starting um and i look at you know people like jonathan or myself um who are particularly excited to work with the people who are dying you know not excited sounds weird but i mean it is kind of exciting you know to to help somebody pass on but um, and then I look at you and the excitement and the passion you have for working with the families, you know, who will be, you know, grieving these losses. You know, I know you're going to be an important part of people passing as well as far as, you know, getting them prepared for that. But I hear you talking about, you know, again, the grieving process and, you know, how to learn to process those feelings and, you know, all the other aspects that, that go into moving into that, that space where you're able to, to grieve properly. Uh, I just think it's great to, to hear you talking about, you know, wanting to work with the actual yeah. families and things like that. I think that's mm -hmm. so important. Yeah. Well, like I always think of, you know, I always think of my own stories because that's what I know, my own experience, you know? And I remember, like, my mom is in a, was raised in a family of, wait, five, right? And my aunt, 
um, her sister got diagnosed with like stage four, it was like bile duct cancer. And, uh, I'll never forget. It's like, you know, you grow up and you think you have like certain beliefs based off. Most of your beliefs are based off your parents or whoever raised you. And, you know, you think like they know what's going on, you know? And I remember like my aunt dying and, you know, she, she knew what I was into. My family kind of knew what I was into at that time. And she would want, she was going to Sloan Kettering, which was like this big, like Manhattan cancer hospital in the city. And she wanted me to go with her over like all her brothers and my mom and, and like, you know, they were really overwhelmed by everything. And I'll never forget, like, my mom's a little crazy. And we're in Sloan Kettering and we're in the waiting room, right? And we don't even know what happened yet. Like, she didn't really get fully diagnosed yet. They knew there was something there. And we're in the waiting room and, like, my mom is saying the fucking Hail Mary over and over again. Like, in front of everybody. Like, loudly. There's, like, kids in there dying. And, like, we're waiting to, like, see the doctor. And she's saying the Hail Mary. And I'm just, like... Like, I'm thinking. I'm, like, I was raised by this person. Like, and she can't even, like, keep herself together. And I'm just, like... I'm, like, Mom, there's other people dying here. Like, do you, like, have a little, like... So then she just starts whispering it, which is like almost louder than her saying it because it's like people are like more focused on it in a way. And it's just like, I remember the moment like she got diagnosed, like her whole family was there, all my uncles, and like they couldn't like keep it together for her. And it always bothered me because it's like she's the one dying alone. And you guys can't even keep it together for 15 minutes, you know? And it's like, how many other families are like that where, like, you know, like, this person is dying? Like, you know, it sounds bad, but it's like, you do die alone in a sense, you know? And it's like, you're facing, like, the great unknown alone. And, like, the people who are supposed to be your support system can't even keep it together. It was comical in a sense to me. I mean, as bad as that sounds, but like it always stuck with me because I was just like, like, you know, you, and I remember sitting there and I held her hand like while she received like, you know, kind of bad news. Like she was told she's got like six months to live. And it's like, they're all like yelling and like breaking down. And I'm just like, but she's the one who's suffering. You know, and I remember I also was with her. I used to do healing work with her that whole time. And like, I remember I was with her in hospice when she passed and I was holding her hand and I'll like never forget that moment for the rest of my life because it's like, it's the same energy as being born. You know, it was just like this great whoosh and she left and the the thing that always stuck with me with that too is like like I said she was a family of five 
And there was one brother that my uncle that she didn't get along with. And I remember coming to see her at hospice before I was going into work. And my spirit team, my grandma told me to stay, that she's not going to make it through the night. So I, I didn't go into work that night. I just stayed with her. And I'm sitting there and I'm holding her hand. And I just get this message like, she's not going to go until my uncle's not in the room anymore. And so I was just like, oh, you guys are tired. Why don't you come back tomorrow? Blah, blah, blah. And he left and she died like five minutes later. She literally oh died five minutes later. And I remember like the energy of the room picks up like it was like, like vortexy. And I felt it gets really warm. And then, um, she, I felt her just like, it was like a swoosh. She left. And as soon as she left, I felt her outside of her body. I could feel the change because she had this awareness of God, mm. like a real awareness. And then I, I was like, I got to go for a walk. I, you know, I checked on everybody, but I was like, I got to go for a walk. And I walked down this like hallway and she walked with me the whole time saying that she should have never been like that with my uncle. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And I just like, it always stuck with me. And I was just like, you know, it's like who, when all that's going on, it's like, I feel like you don't have time to like stop and like take a moment and kind of like assess like your your beliefs or like assess why you're doing this or like what you're holding on to because it's like you're just you're so focused on like trying to live because you're dying you know so I think like to have a a, a way to like kind of I don't know kind of like work through some of this stuff so you know you die kind of more at peace I feel like I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's Not, that's the the goal, right? The hope. Yeah. So yeah, like I feel like something that kind of encompasses all that, you know, and you know, I think a big part of it too is like supporting or like um, supporting the family, you know, and like. Mm-hmm. In a way, like death, like my mom, her father died when she was like 17 or 18. And my uncles were younger. And then like I had an older uncle. But it's like that death shaped everybody's reality, including mine. Yeah. Because it's like it shifted everything for them. My mom still talks about my grandfather's death like it happened yesterday. Hmm. And it's like that experience shaped them in a negative way and shaped even their, you know, her children, you know? And then it's like, if it's rubbing off on me, it's going to rub off on my children. You know, it's like, so that one death that happened, you know, how many deaths happen a day? That one death shaped, 
shape that whole family's reality and their whole perspective and all that and how much influence it's had over that, you know? Wow. Yeah, that's something I've never really thought about, about how, you know, the, the people will be preparing for these, you know, end of life experiences, like the families that we're helping to cope with that, just how far reaching that, you know, training mm-hmm. and, and wisdom that we're imparting upon them can, can be. It's really beautiful yeah but i the thing is like that's what it's like their innate ability that they have we're just showing them right right yeah you know it's like this is supposed to be it's not like we're anything special in a sense it's like they have this ability god gave them this ability and they don't know about it you know like if my mom you know was was communicating with her dad who's passed since day one. Like, no matter what happened, yeah, you're going to grieve your dad. You're going to miss your dad, of course. And there's going to be things that come up that are going to affect you. But if you have that comfort and the knowing that he still exists in another form, you know, it's going to save, to me, it's going to save your life. Yeah. You know? Wow. Some really powerful stuff to think about. That's great. The beautiful thing about this, the future of this community is like how divine it really, it, it all really is. So just divinely brought to us and uh, we're experiencing like such big shifts all at the same time. Like, you know, at camp, you did your mediumship class and Jonathan did his death class and it just turned on so many things and it just made sense, like so clear for so many people. And like, speaking of like being aware of what you're putting in your body and your food, like we've got pieces of the puzzle for this community project all across the board. Like we have people that want to provide the food for the the retreat center. We've got people that want to have, you know, the medical side, people have the metaphysical side, you know, the business side, people have that, you know, all aspects of it coming together that, um, are really excited about this project and and in who's who knows what else gets activated along the way and it's just it's very exciting yeah i mean i don't know it just it really resonates with me like mm-hmm. i feel like death has always been you know the scorpio moon in me so like i always have been kind of connected to that in some way or another mm-hmm. you know and it's like mm-hmm. like i'm speaking about my mom that's one death you know, so it's like, how many people can you help and influence? And and death is always happening. So, you know, and I think, you know, when you know that we are eternal, it just helps a lot. It helps a lot of things. It helps a lot of aspects, you know. So I think the ability to show people that you know, will really serve them and serve those around them, you know? For sure. And that's the simplest form, you know? It's like me just being aware to the point where, like, I could feel what's going on with somebody's body, you know, like, or checking in on them and just being aware, you know? It makes everybody more aware. So it's like people can't fall through the cracks anymore. 
Yeah. You know, you could check in on your brother or you check on your friend. You know, I feel like something's going on. You all right? Like, because you're just more aware as a whole. Absolutely. What's been a big lesson since camp is like, uh, many of us are experiencing a lot of the same feelings and same energies and same shifts. And in the past, we would have, you know, isolated ourselves or internalized that. And it's like, you know, if you're feeling somebody, you know, when you're reaching out and talking about it, like you're realizing that you're not alone in these things and you can process them together. And it's just, it's been really, it's been really nice having some more difficult conversations because you're, you realize how not alone you are anymore in this. Yeah. And then like, even being like, you know, when you're being more authentically like who you are, you attract more authentic people to you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and then you can like, when you, it's like knowing the connection with spirit. Like if you know, you have a connection, you know, it doesn't matter what anyone says. Right. right. So then once you start to know who you are authentically, because you're becoming more aware, it's like, you know, what's you, you know, what resonates with you. You don't judge it anymore. You don't pick yourself apart because you made peace with who you are, you know, and that comes with like the shadow work and that stuff, because you look at the aspects that you might have viewed as darker or off putting or whatever. It's like you you honor that aspect of yourself, you know, I mean, that's why we started this podcast, you know, as we are being our authentic selves, we found a safe place to be that and. Uh, we wanted to, to highlight this group for, for being themselves and coming together with this group of people and opening our, up ourselves to these experiences. That's why we, we started all this. So it's very cool. Right. And as you begin to become your authentic self and you attract those people who are being their authentic selves, you start having these really great authentic conversations, which are just so like edifying and spiritually um, uplifting. And, you know, you find that as you're more raw and open with others, um, the more you're learning about yourself from that mirroring you get from those other authentic people, you know, um, and again, that's that's why we're doing all this. Like I, we're seeing those connections just constantly with people in this community, and and we want to share that and and you know bring more people into it because it's I don't know it's so exciting to to sit and like Pete right now just just talking to you, man. Like mm-hmm. these are great conversations, and I can feel myself growing being a part of them. It's, it's such an honor. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, well, I always think too, like (laughs) when you talk to other people like you or like me and it's like, you're like, you know what? I'm not that weird because this person's just as weird (laughs) as me. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We're fucking into it. Absolutely. You know, like when you make, you know, sometimes you may say things that you're like, oh, should I opened up that much and said that about this or that? And then like the person like matches your energy and you're like, Holy shit, this person is just as crazy as I am. You know? <laughs> so I love oh, that. I love yeah. it. I think we're about at the point for some plugs. Uh, Pete, where can people reach you? Where can they find you? 
Uh, they can find me at Blue Collar Spiritualist on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I also have a podcast with Ruby Marvel at Instagram, and we have a Spiritual Graffiti Pod, Spiritual Graffiti Podcast on uh, Spotify and other podcasting services. Um, you could also check out my website, bluecollarspiritualist.com. I have classes. Um, if you're in the New York area, I do classes in person as well. Um, yeah, I think that's it. And we'll I... see you at uh, Hot Alien Summer Camp 2024. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, right on. Uh, is there anyone that you would like to see on uh, interviewing aliens coming up? Um... Did you guys interview yourselves yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did a little <laughs> short interview. I think there'll probably be more in-depth interviews coming up for us. But I just want to hear about everybody, I guess. You know, I just want to... <laughs> yeah, same here, man. Same here. Because, like, I don't know, you go to you go there and, like, yeah, you like, I know certain people and I have relationship with them already, but it's, like, do you really... Like, the one thing, like, I want more of is, like, I feel like you didn't get enough like one-on-one time with people, you know, Yeah. Or I didn't, I didn't personally, you know, can't we just do this forever together now? I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That's why I, I'd rather just get a, let's get this retreat center going, you yes, know, please. Yes. It'll be hot alien summer all day, every day. Oh my oh, God. The dream. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah. All right. Well, um, we'll go ahead and wrap things up here. Pete, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Catch us next time. And yeah, thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Love you. Love you, everybody. Bye. Bye, buddy.